Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this. And welcome to the only podcast with brains and bars. It's another episode of It's a Black and White Thing, the first one for 2022. Um, as always, you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, searching for either It's a Black and White Thing or Brains and Bars. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, um, anywhere where you where you get podcasts, or at least the majors for sure. Um, we're also on Anchor at SoundCloud.com as well. Um, you can follow us on all social media platforms by searching for Brains and Bars on Facebook, Twitter, or IG. Um, I haven't gotten to the TikTok thing because I'm an old man and TikTok is not my bag. Um, but as always, you know, I don't do this show by myself. I got my homie, my Cody, my ace riding shotgun with me. A war, what's going on with you, man? Yo, your homie, your what? Ace, Cody, ace. Oh, oh I thought you said Cody. My bad. <laughs> well that too that too <laughs> now nah, it's good to see you man good to see you for real once again I'm back in action got a lot to talk about a lot to uh interview about a lot to just yeah discuss so so yeah man that's uh it's, it's good it's good i like the blue background i like the i like the headset you look a real intellectual you know <laughs> um, <you> now, <laughs> nah, uh, if you don't know me, a ward, I am a ward.com. Please go to the website, follow the social media hyperlinks, add me on everything or whatever, and you'll kind of see what I get into. I get into brains and bars, and a lot of bars and more bars. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, if you are tuning in for the first time or listening for the first time, welcome, welcome. If you are a faithful listener, first of all, we thank you for <laughs> sticking in there as we we do our thing. Like, I, although I must say, last year, 2020 was the most productive year we've ever had, and we stopped doing shows like in April. So, um, thank you for those who ride with us, whether we produce content or not. We appreciate you. I feel like, you know, last year was a little bit of a growth year and hopefully we continue to grow and continue to do more episodes, but we shall see how that goes. Um, so, yeah, man, we got got a couple of things to talk about. Um, few, few things. You want to you want to go sports or you want to go battle rap first? Which one you want to do first? We can go battle rap first. I always like talking about battle rap. Get it out of the way. Dope, dope, dope. So let's do that then. So battle rap it is. So as you know, you know, um, Cody took place this past weekend champion of the year shout out to jay black um shout out to to the whole team there anwar rita um mark everyone affiliated with champion and um it was a very interesting panel um i was in and out for most of it um i you know i had it in the background sometimes just with the with the sound down because the Niners were playing and then I got into the Chiefs game and so I kind of jumped in and out I caught I feel like I caught most of it though mm -hmm. um shout out to everyone who was named to the top 20 list um it now was, it was uh, seven hours long how, how long was it how long was it it was it was seven eight hours long um and I thought that I thought that this year would be a little bit less hectic just because i know one of the requirements were they had to bring their own top 20 list so i thought the top 20 list would kind of cut down on a little bit of the controversy it didn't in the way that i thought it would but um yeah man it was it was an interesting seven hours and like i said i probably was around i mean i probably watched more of it than i than i probably should have 
just because like I really between that and football, like I really tune family out, which I normally don't do on the weekends. Normally my wife is used to me watching football, which I was like football was definitely like there because it was all day long. Um, mm-hmm. But then Cody was like this extra thing that was just kind of yeah. running undercurrent with that. So you, my friend, did not watch Cody at all because you were uh, in New York. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Checking out Hamilton and Wicked. So before we get to Cody, before we get to Cody, let's let's get a quick review of Hamilton because that I mean, that is your bag. Like you're a big Hamilton guy, Hamilton fan. Yeah, no, it was incredible. It really was. Um, you know, I've been to a, a couple of Broadway shows and uh, they're always just so there's always so, so much fun to go to and see live. You know, um, I've never been to a Broadway show where like I recently just watched it, you know, like like on, you know, Disney Plus, obviously. And um, man, it was so good. It was so good. Um, you know, she got us great seats. We're sitting dead in the middle, you know, like just perfect seats in the Broadway theater. Um, we're watching it and like on like a scale of one to 10 to me, it was like, it was like a nine. And, and, and you're like, why is it not a 10? I just think it's because like the girl that played um, Angelica on Disney plus was so cold. I think the girl in person, like she wasn't as cold to me, you know what I mean? And so I kind of was like spoiled a little bit, you know, with some of the, some of the characters on the Disney plus version. Cause they're obviously the, I mean, the best of the best, you know, and and they're not all the same people that are on the actual Broadway show right now. At one point they were, but yeah, man, it was so good. The music, the, the soundtrack's so good. The I mean, everything, everything about it, I really, I really love it. And then Wicked, Wicked was a surprise too. I didn't, I didn't uh, expect it to be that good, and I really wasn't familiar with the story of what Wicked was um, until the actual show and kind of reading through the program. And it was, it was super dope too. So, but yeah, New York City was good. It was also just great to be away um you know with the family and like friends and stuff like that and just being like not having to tune into like all the battle rap stuff or whatever because i knew that that whole day was just going to be nothing but text messages and tweets and everything going on so i was able to kind of just zone all that out and just enjoy it that's what's up that's what's up so i because you know i'm not i'm not rich like like you are i'm not as well off as you are um (laughs) But I am going to go see the Kansas City version of Wicked oh, yeah. <laughs> this weekend with Wifey. So I hope that's um, good. I hope that's good. Let me know how it is. Yep, yep, yep. So, all right. So, you know, I, I guess from what you have consumed since you didn't see the entire thing, like your thoughts on the process. I mean, obviously, you can chime in on where you ended up. Was there were there any groups that you felt, or any I said groups, any battlers you felt that maybe were snubbed that should have been on the list? Mm, good question. Um, man, I wish I had paid a little bit more attention to it, but I would say Dunch. I would say Dunch is probably the one that I thought um, should have been on the list. I don't think he made it right. He didn't make top twenty. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, I thought thought Dunch's performance uh, throughout the the season, coupled with his battle versus King Jables, you know, um, was, you know, I battle battle of the year, probably. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought Dunch probably had a good a good reason to be on the list. Um, Outside of that, Calico, did Calico make the list? No. Cal did not make the list. Calico, probably. You know, I feel like Calico beat Geechee, in my opinion. Um, he, he had a battle that was debatable, probably, you know, a crazy battle with Hitman that was debatable. Um, 
Yo, my guy sauce, what's up? Uh, you know, he had a battle with uh, that was debatable there, and then the rematch with Surf. I mean, I, I didn't think he got bodied by Surf or anything. Like, I didn't think he had, you know, you know, it wasn't something where one of his three battles were were bad, bad, you know. So, with seeing what the panel does for people with three battles that are good, knowing that Calico had three battles and he might have just been around away from having three wins against three, you know, high quality opponents. And apparently just that one round separates you from being off the list and being number, you know, four in the whole thing, you know? So, um, that's what's kind of about it. Yeah. Three and three or four. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think Calico and Dutch probably in my mind were, were the two names that probably I thought were the snubs. Well, well, as far as the, uh, temperature around the culture, were there other names that you would say that were like big snubs? No, I think, um, I feel like Ray Dennis, I feel like Dre Dennis didn't get enough love. Like I get it. Maybe resume, like maybe it wasn't, you know, top, top names. He was battling all year, but he was really good in the King of the Dot S1. Like I believe he might've been the number one seed from the East. If he wasn't number one, he was number two. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, like I understand he lost in the first round of Shoddy P, um, but it was a close battle. It, It wasn't like he got bodied. And I feel like the amount of consistency and work that he put out this year, he had earned the right. If you say I'm going to put him at 20, right? Maybe he did. He didn't have a better year than Ill Will or Mad Flex or Tay Rock or Bill Collector. Like I felt like he was someone who was worthy of that top 20 spot. Um, yeah. So I think those those three names and I will actually be releasing. I have my own top 20 because I know that was kind of the refrain from uh the the crew of, of people who put together the list like hey if you're going to criticize put together your own top 20 and the top 20 that i had so we had a little bit of discussion earlier about like when i did my champion of the year survey who was in my top 20 who wasn't i posted the list after listening to the discussion and listening to all the viewpoints um i did switch it up a little bit there were a few names that were added that were not on my list um and then there were some like Fonz was one who was in my 20 but i didn't realize he didn't have i took it for granted that he had three battles um mm-hmm. but he only had two he didn't get that third third round battle so you know he fell off my list calico was on my list um dre dennis and dunch are both like the the three snubs in my opinion all made my top 20 list um, okay. i will say this here's my top five and i will post the the remaining 20 on the brains and bars twitter page so you can check that out um i have you obviously number one i told you when i did my survey like no gas like no like no gas no jeff and none of that stuff like i felt like when i looked at all of the six criteria i felt like you merited the number one number one spot for coding um i had easy second um because i just felt like easy's year granted it was only four battles but really good opponents t-top um rex um i'm forgetting i'm going to forget one name because he had four battles t-top rex chess. chess and i'm missing one more he had one it's more a two battle, one. But... he only had three one rounds right he had the two on i thought he had a fourth one i could have swore he had a fourth one but yeah he had four <laughs> battles total but i thought he had one more in in 2021 i could be wrong um, yeah. but i think having the i think clear battle of the year um winner having one of the rounds of the year his first round uh to chess i thought he gave out quality work i thought that he also brought out the best of his opponents i think most people consider whether k shine that was the fourth one i knew there was another one um but whether 
whatever you think about Rex and his year and what he did, I thought that Rex, you got one of the best Rex performances you've seen in a while. Um, Kayshawn, I don't have him bodying Kayshawn. I think most people have it either a body or a gentleman's 30. I thought he got it to one, but I think he won. Um, And I just think that he was really, really good all year. And I just thought he merited that second spot. I had DNA as third. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be saying that. DNA to me, I think he beat Av. I think he beat Geechee. I think he beat um, Edge. Edge beat dot. Like that's a debatable. That's a debatable. But I have it Edge. I have him beating King Los, um, and I have him Edge real sick. Like he beat by my estimation. That's four people on that list, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, maybe he doesn't have the moments that maybe a Geechee or yourself or Easy or Rumney has. But in terms of consistency, performance. Um, strength of schedule like to me he ranked high then I have Geechee Um, I think you have to respect the year that he put together Um, Mm -hmm. getting Lux and beating Lux Um, obviously battling yourself battling Rum Nitty in the rematch which I thought I felt like in the tournament he got better as the tourney went on and his best performance was against Rum Nitty Um, Mm -hmm. and I think the judges I know it wasn't revealed to the world but I think during the panel it was revealed that Geechee won three uh, three to two in that so he was the champion of the tournament um and i just think like yeah like he's one of those ones like he's one of those guys and then to me fifth was rum nitty mm-hmm. um nitty like to me nitty nitty was so impressive in the fact that he had three rematches in that yeah. tournament and his material was better I, to me clearly better than the material that he wrote for Geechee for Cortez, for drugs. Like, it was just like he knocked it out of the park. Um, obviously, some people might feel his Holmesy material wasn't that crazy. So I'm, I have him and Luke Castro being a debate. Like, I edged it to Nitty. I thought it was a debatable battle. I thought Luke Castro was better than, than people thought. So that was my top five. Surface right out there outside that. And like I said, I'll post the full thing. But um, I've, I think that, first of all, let me shout out France. France went to war. France should be, listen, I'm going to petition that France be made an honorary horseman just for the fight that he put up for yourself and Rum Nitty. The consistency argument to me was crazy. Um, I get it. Surf went three for three in 90 days. Like, that's dope. That is to be commended. His performances were flawless. He won all those battles, including two clear wins. I don't know how people call the cow battle. Maybe some people feel like he just won and it wasn't clear. But three wins, 90 days, top competition. But to me, like, you cannot discount what yourself, Nitty, DNA, and Geechee have done in being consistent all year round. Like, you have to give some credence to that. And Francis' point was had incredible merit. Being consistent, I know they said for yourself 21 out of 23 times. Doing that 23 times. They gave me two. They gave me two of them that weren't. Well, I think the Rosenberg Rosenberg battle and the XL battle. Oh, yes, they, they, they were, were like the two where they were just like they were like and eh, right. 21 out of 23 is better than three for three. Like you just have to look at the sample. I mean, that's the long and short of it. Like you can't. I don't. I don't understand what. And I get it. They were. They were being literal like they were going by the letter of the definition of consistency and going with three 100 yeah. is greater than 90 percent or 80 okay whatever um to me in my opinion i look at consistency like this can surf do what you do what nitty does what geechee does right 
Maybe he can, right? Maybe he can. Like, no disrespect. Maybe he can battle 10 times a year and still have the same quality and consistency. Maybe he's done it before. Like, I'm I'm not a, an encyclopedia battle rap like some are. But to me, I'm not sure he can do what you guys did. I am absolutely positive if you guys battled three times. In yeah. well, I mean, you do it, right? Yeah. If, you, if all you had to do, though, were three battles in 90 days, you would get high quality, high moments, high impact, high consistency, yeah. great material. So um, I don't really have too many other qualms from the panel. Um, shout out to the brother M. Lang, who was the guy who donated the most. I thought he added to me. He's somebody who should potentially be brought back again next year. That's how good he was. Um, I mean, shout out to Black Compass, Tony Bro, Polo, Anwar, uh, Mark, um, Bad Money through the whole list. I think Di the Henny Man in uh, in France, man. I think it was a dope, a dope panel, man. Y'all can let us know what y'all think about Cody. Where do you think Ward should have ranked? Um, the only thing I'll say about this to kind of close the loop on Cody is this. We got to stop talking about one rounders as a negative. I don't yeah. I don't understand if one rounders don't count. Why talk about it? By Jay Black's own admission, one rounders only count if they are a classic or a body. Other than that, they don't count. So if they're not a body and it's not a classic when discussing your year or Dre Dennis's year, for example, let's not even discuss the one rounders. Let's just say, hey, he put out from a consistency standpoint, a word battle 23 times. What 13 of them were were one rounders. They were high 13. quality, consistent. 13. My my apologies. 13. No, no, were no, no one 13, three, my bad. 10, 10 one right. Yeah. Right. 10 were one rounders. It was quality, consistent material. So he, he continues to, regardless of whether it's one or three, he checks the box in consistency and putting out great work, no matter the opponent, no matter the league, no matter the stage. Cool. Let's talk about the 13 three-round battles and look at his resume, his material, his impact, his performance, consistency, whatever, right? To me, like, it's just like, do you, I don't, I don't get it. Like, stop penalizing these guys for taking these battles. Do you not like the content? Do you not care? Do you not want to see these guys perform? Uh, so... I think that's that's the only thing. And obviously it led to the whole URL battle. Um, I feel like it's a URL award just because URL like they I think without even trying, it's almost unconscious bias. Like yeah. I don't think that everyone on the panel is biased to URL, but I think it's just unconscious just because of the platform, the stage and because of the amount of content they put out. So, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just be honest, man. Um, <clears throat> I don't know the M Lang guy. Um but outside of France and Jay Black, I uh, I don't like any of those other dudes' like opinions on battle rap. Like Tony Bro has some good opinions every now and then. Okay, so I'll, I'll go three, you know. But Mark, Di, Anwar, uh, Bad Money, Polo, like it, it just like when I see that kind of panel, like that's when I immediately am like, yeah, I, this this it's cool to win, but their opinions don't hold weight to me if that makes any sense you know like imagine you're on the voice right and then like you're singing and you know that chair spins around and when the chair spins around it's like some local hip-hop blogger or whatever that's from two cities away telling you that you know you can't sing you know what i mean no <laughs> like when the chair spins around on the voice it's literally people who have done it you know what i mean know what it takes so you 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 their criticism and everything you listen to them and you value what they're saying because you can say oh 
you've done this before, you've been here, you understand all of it. You know what I mean? And so I just think that, you know, when it comes to that panel, guys like Tony Bro France, guys like Jay Black, um, guys like uh, even even like the battle rap stats guy. And I'm not just saying this because he you know, they, they, they crowned me as the best or whatever. These guys analytically, they watch all of the battles. You know what I mean? They, they literally go in and they pay attention. They don't have any kind of like they shouldn't have any kind of like supreme, you know, bias towards one person or the other. And they, you know, they kind of give their opinion and they've been inundated with the culture for a long time. So, um, yeah. So whenever I see like the panel or whatever, like, and like, I just, I, I didn't watch it because, because I, I, I don't care what DI has to say about me. Right. I don't care what Anwar has to say or Mark has to say, like it goes in one ear, not the other, but I see these guys at events and I'll shake their hands and stuff like that. And I don't want to watch it because I don't want to be irritated with those people, you know, on that on another level to where like it affects you know like how i feel about them as people you know what i mean so like i just didn't watch it so um i uh like i should have won champion of the year like that's how i feel i should have won champion of the year i feel like it was between me and Gichi Gotti. and i felt like if if the panel got me to number two there was a small chance i could have won it i just thought the best thing that they could have done was keep me away from number two because if you're looking at it at one and two and you're like, all right, Geechee Gotti and A Ward, I can compete with Geechee Gotti. You know what I mean? When you put Ge what Geechee's done this year beside the easies and the surfs with a lot less battles and then battling on the same platform and him having way more volume and different things like that, when you compare them and they didn't battle each other, you know, when you compare them, it was, it was, you know, a little easier to select Gotti for champion of the year. But yeah, I thought, I definitely thought um, I, sh I should have won. Like I was, I had a chip on my shoulder this year. When I got 20 last year, I was like, I'll show y'all. You know what I mean? And, you know, all these conversations that we've had before this whole year is like, yo, Ward, why do I see another flyer with you battling? And it's just because I was just like, yo, I'm trying to be relentless. Like, I know for a fact that, like, the only way to keep my name in the talks is to keep a battle coming out every month, every two weeks or whatever, doing something, clipping things down or whatever, because people who, whether it be – unconsciously biased or whatever they, they like they want to find a reason to discredit what i'm doing you know and i really feel like that i feel like when i feel like it's like oh all he takes is one rounders or whatever you know and let's just say me and arsenal was a classic right and somebody said what about the one round at arsenal and a classic the way their mind would go it would be like they wouldn't want to say you know what he got crazy yeah yeah they say man that happened in a driveway that's how they view me you know what i mean so what's the next thing I can tangibly grab onto to kind of pull down, you know? And that's, that's like I said, that's, it, it is, it is what it is with champion. Like I appreciate what Jay black and all of them do or whatever, but like, I've just noticed it way too much. Like being like a, yo, all you do is one rounders. No, I, I did more. I did more three rounders than what everybody in the top 10 probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, Danny, I, Danny I don't know how many Gigi No, Gigi only had nine. Yeah. I don't think Danny, I think after the, uh, after the real sick battle, I feel like Danny, at least in terms of what I can remember, I don't remember him yeah. battling that much after that. Um, yes. He still he still had performances, but like I don't remember too many battles after that one. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, so like that's kind of the the, the temperature in which I gauge it. You know, um, happy to be top five in the world, and and I guess the champion is considered the most reputable ranking system in battle rap, and I would I would agree that it is since they do spend time in the culture. You know, like I would agree that it is. So um, definitely happy to be top five. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, the, the way I look at battle rap and the way some other people look at battle rap is obviously different. Shout out to France though. 
one of the reasons why France went, I think, would, would like be so much on my side is because during the year when I talked to France, I would tell him these things are going to happen because I knew in France would be like, there's no way, Ward. There's no way they're going to say that person did this over you. I'm like, everything you're saying in your head that you think there's no way, wait till you get up there on the panel, you know? And so I actually, France came and watched the Chiefs game with me uh, s- Sunday night in uh, in New York City. So he pulled up and uh, me and him and Saga and everything. And when I looked at him, he just walked in and he was like, you owe me a drink, bro. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, bro, boy. And I was like, I told you, bro. Like, you know, like if France probably wouldn't even said nothing, they probably would have me at eight. <laughs> nah, I don't think you would have fallen that far because I think like, I figured you were going to be top five for sure. I thought with the way things work on the panel that you would make it as high as three. I think that was the disappointment for me. I listen. Let's be let's uh, let's be honest. Geechee Gotti had wrapped up wrapped up champion of the year. If not at the tournament, well, I think I think from the time the tournament wrapped up, I think it was over. Yeah. Me, that was that was the coffin being shut. The nails were put in when it was announced he got Lux, and then he has the consensus victory over Lux. Yeah, the nails were in the coffin. This was yeah. Gucci Gotti's award. Salute to Gotti, three-time champion, like well deserved, right? Regardless of whether I agree with the with the final ranking or not, it is well deserved and it is earned because of for the work he's putting in. So salute to him. But I thought that for sure, I felt like the <laughs> the push behind surf and easy was going to it was going to be two three and four i thought would be between the three of you guys i just that's just what i thought i thought it would be between the three of you guys i didn't see five um and then when i heard a couple of people say well he's outside my top five i said oh okay well maybe i got that wrong um and again like i do think that when you talk about that top five i feel like it could have Again, after Geechee, I feel like it could have gone anyway. Um, at least going into it. Once I heard the way they talked about Easy, and I was like, nah, he's going to end up being two. But I thought, at least from an objective standpoint, that two, three, and four between you, Nitty, and Easy could have just been interchangeable. Um, I, I do feel like there's not a lot that separates you all. Um, you all are phenomenal battle rappers. You all put in a lot of work, a lot of impact, a lot of moments, a lot of consistency, a lot of dope material between you all. Dope resume. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I, yeah, I, uh, I just, I can't like, um, in like a sport where now there's so many opportunities to battle, right. To give an award out to somebody who could take half the year and not do that, not, not even be a, not even be a battle rapper, right. Is asinine to me. And so as much as I agree that easy has had good times, there's, four or five months where easy didn't battle you know mm-hmm. and there's six months and even what even right uh, probably a whole yeah nine months total that surf didn't even battle so when you have guys at the caliber of me nitty and geechee i automatically put us up there in the top three you know and i'm just like you guys have like the popularity the impact what you did with your battles is great and everything but you spent half of the year not even being a battle rapper per se, you know, because we're judging it off battles, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why, like when it comes down to like just gauging the, you know, those type of guys, even like a DNA, like you said, 
I, mean, I looked at DNA's resume and stuff. I was like, wow, like I, I probably would maybe even put DNA above like easy and surf for me just because I'm like this guy. So then whenever they label these guys more consistent, that's when it's just kind of like, how, you know, yeah. like, like how, how are they, how are they more consistent? You know what I mean? Like and but, but a year ago or two years ago, you or even today, you'll say DNA is one of the most consistent battle rappers of all time. Right. All mm -hmm. right. Uh, you would like, like there was never a time where we said Mook or Lux was the most consistent battle rappers of all time, right? Even before they, they like had some bad battles, right? We would say they're legends, Mount Rushmore. We wouldn't say they're the most consistent, but they might have been three for three on their last ba three battles in the last four years, right? Yeah. Every yeah. time they popped out, they might have been crazy good, right? We didn't say, well, I mean, look, Lux just battled Hollow. He just battled Clips. He just battled Calico. He's the most consistent battle rapper of all time, even though he had three crazy battles in, in a row. We never said that. You know, we never said he was three for three in his last three, depending on how many years apart they are, you know? Right, right. And so why now all of a sudden in one year is it like, well, he did three battles, you know, and he was three for three. And it's like, no, consistency means volume. It means, you know, it means different things like that. It's not, it's not all about, you know, like I said, you know, you're three for three from the free throw line. You get fouled, you miss a three, right? You get fouled on a three, you hit three free throws, right? Another guy is literally 23 for 24 from the line during the game. Who's more consistent free throw shooter? I'm going with 23 for 24. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. And so, I do. So I'll say this to kind of kind of end the discussion. I do think the one thing they, they should look at going into next year is I'm going to use a guy like DNA and Calico, for example, right? You brought up DNA. DNA has... A debatable with the guy who won it. He has a clear win over Av, who I think it was 14. He has a win, uh, debatable win over Real Sick, who I think was either eight or nine. Like he was top 10. Um, he's got one more battle maybe on here. I, I might be missing one other person, but he's got quality material against guys who you know for sure were going to be in that top 20 list that yeah. has to be taken into consideration. When you look at um, a guy like, uh, I'm trying to think. What's the other name I'm looking at? Um, Calico. Again, Calico has a number has a consensus win, in my opinion, over the guy who finished number one. He's got a win over Hitman, who's a legend, not on the list, but a guy you might consider to be a legend or a debatable win. I thought he at the buzzer, kind of with his last few bars, got that. Yes, he lost to Surf, but he lost to the guy who finished number three. So that's the guy who, at the end of the day, you have to consider like not a lot of people are beating the number three ranked battler in the world. Right. So it's nothing yeah. wrong with losing that guy. So like I heard one, some, somebody said, well, the losses to surf knocked him off the list. It shouldn't because if he's number three, then a lot of people are going to lose to that guy. Yeah. Right? yeah. If you're so giving I, that guy credit for the win, you know what I mean? You yeah. got it. It's got to go both ways in my opinion. So that's kind of all I have to say about it. If you got anything else to add, we can move on. No, I would just say, like, when you're looking at, um, you know, uh, well, first off, it's impossible to judge battle rap when people battle 23 times a year and people battle three. So, like, you know what I mean? But that's what you're supposed to have these categories for. When you look at the categories, you probably have to have a more definitive um, explanation of what they what they entail. And I just think maybe the panel themselves, um, I, I don't know. I don't know how many people are out there, but I know guys like Ledge from Pod Tier. I know guys like yourself. I know guys. um like Nico, um, and there's other guys that I've seen do blogs um, that to me seem to be uh, more, you know, um, 
analytical, more understanding of different things or whatever. And I think it's time to branch out and, and reach out to some of those guys, not guys, managers that are on the list, you know, or guys, best friends that are in battle rap groups with them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is what it is, you know? Um, and so that's, that's, that's kind of the nature of it because there's, there's literally no definition for any of that stuff. Strength of schedule. What is strength of schedule? Like you just said, DNA battled probably five top 20 teams, you know? And so why, you know, and, and, and look at Surf's resume or Easy's resume and they might've battled one apiece, you know, if that. Um, so what, what does that mean? You know? (laughs) So, and so, but yeah, but, uh, regardless of it, you know, we always get into like what I think went wrong with it or whatever champion continues to put on something, you know, that they don't have to do, you know, Jay Black doesn't have to do this. He doesn't have to raise the money. He doesn't have to, you know, take all of the criticism and different things for it. He chooses to, um, I do think it has been beneficial, uh, guys like Mad Flex who finished top 20 this year. You know, first time ever. Great for him. Guys like Loso. I think this is Loso's first top 10 finish ever. You know, great for him. My first top five finish ever. Like this is really, really dope stuff comes out of it. You know what I mean? Um, so so definitely salute to them for continuing to put it on and not just saying like, all right, y'all just gonna complain about it. Forget it. You know, because <laughs> I'm sure there's days where they where, where Jay Black probably wants to do that. So. Yeah, man. Shout out to everybody, whether we whether we agree with your opinion or disagree. Um, that is in part the beauty of battle rap, beauty of the culture. We can have those disagreements and still, you know, keep it, keep it cool, keep it friendly. And so shout out to all those guys. Shout out to everybody represented on the panel. Um, I I agree with your idea of potentially having some fresh blood. Again, like I said, the M Lang gentleman, never heard of him before, saw him for the first time, and like I said. Whether I agreed or disagreed with his opinion, I thought he offered a, an interesting perspective um, and brought something different to the table. Um, so, yeah, shout out to everybody. Shout out to Battle Rap Stats, too, um, who did. We don't, oh, was, we that, know. Battle Rap Stats. Was, was Battle Rap Fanatic there? Was he on the panel? No, he was not. He was not. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, um, shout out <laughs> shout out to Cash. I would love to be on the panel. Um, I, I mean, I have... Was on champion, you know, in the within the past year, obviously with you, um, yes. you know, I told Jay Black in person how I feel about his his platform and what he's built, um, inspiration. Um, so I would love to one day be on the panel, and if I happen to come into like a million dollars, I'm going to put in the highest bid to be on the panel. Uh, but hey, now, man, man, just send me that money, man, and we'll just go kick it, bro. Just send me that bread, man. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but I do want to accentuate, you know, the highlight, a good thing. Yeah, shout out to Battle Rap Stats who did vote, who did after doing his analysis and his statistical, excuse me, breakdown, analytical breakdown, had you as the number one ranked battle in the world. So while number one on Battle Rap Stats, which I, you know, again, I don't understand everything about his approach. He lays it out there for you to read so you can go and check it out on his website. Um, But. He does a lot of work. He had just number one, number five on the champion list. Like that's a that's a great year. Yeah. The other thing I thought was cool um, was I was number one, and I was also uh, the highest ranked battler of all time. So like I, I as far as composite score for every year that they've done it, mm-hmm. I have the highest score that's ever been uh, been given out. Uh, beating Gichi Gotti's 2019 year that he had like a certain a certain he finished number one with a certain amount of points. So I definitely thought that's pretty cool to cool to like look at the comparisons of all that stuff too. So. Yep, yep. So dope. So, man, shout out to the whole Battle Rap community, man. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram by searching at Brains and Bars. Let's jump into this sports, man. Let's get into this NFL 
wild card weekend. I didn't do what I learned. I just kind of jumped into the show. But here's one yeah. thing I did learn as we jump into these these uh, divisional matchups. I don't need seven teams in the playoffs. Like these games outside of the Dallas and uh, 49ers game, outside of the uh, Oakland or Las Vegas, excuse me, and Cincinnati game were trash. They weren't good. They weren't competitive. Number seven seeds. Here's a stat for you. Number seven seeds. In the two years since they've opened it up to seven teams, they're 0-4. They have an average margin of defeat of 13 points a game. The only competitive game was the Bills and the Colts uh, last year. The Colts, uh, the Bills won by three. Other than that, double-digit wins for the two seeds in every other matchup. I don't – it's made for worse matchups. It's made for worse football. And yeah. football on Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday – I watched maybe 10 minutes of the Rams and Cardinals. Once Kyler threw the pick six, I said, oh, nah. I done spent all day doing football and other stuff. It's family time now. I'm done with this game and I'm moving on. I don't yeah. need seven teams. Um, but let's 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 start with we'll start with the hometown squad, first matchup. We'll start with the Bills coming in the arrowhead to take on the Chiefs Sunday night. You put up a tweet, you and Benny the Butcher. You said uh barbecue versus we out Bar- here, man. Barbecue versus wings. wings. What is it? Is it retweet for the Chiefs? Likes for Benny, right for the Bills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I should have did retweets for the Buffalo because then Benny would have retweeted it. It probably would have popped off a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking right. <laughs> so I'll get your thoughts on this matchup. Like, what do you, what do you think about this matchup and who you got? It's a tough matchup, man. I'm not. My confidence meter is like at a six. You know, like something like that. Um, man, Buffalo has just, I mean, they've been playing well. Um, they, they're they talented on both sides of the ball. Um, they have a quarterback that's been playing very well. Um, yeah, it's just, just going to be a very tough matchup. It's not going to be the Steelers, um, and it's not going to be, you know, um, the Broncos. What's the last tough matchup that the Chiefs really had? Um, let's see. What? You're muted. You're muted now. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of the last tough Chargers, matchup. Chargers game that went into overtime. Okay, the Chargers. That's game. the last tough. That's the last tough matchup they had. Even then, that's not even a playoff team, right? But I mean, it was a tough matchup, though. So, so I think you got to give a little extra credit to divisional rivals. The Chargers yeah. always play them tough. They went to overtime last year. Yeah. Um, in San Diego, I think that might have been. It was either to open the season. It was within the first three games of the season. So they always play them tough. Um, oh, Bengals! Yeah, shout out to uh to Wes, Wes. Yeah, Bengals. there you go. I was that, and they ended up losing that game, thirty twenty-seven. Yeah. That that play call is going to annoy me for yeah. the rest of my life. Uh, going zero look on thirty yeah. twenty-seven, but it's all right. Yes. It's our fourth and twenty-two. Wasn't it fourth and twenty-two? The Eagles. Uh, was it the Eagles? Brady yeah, Mitchell, so. Fred X. Yeah, Freddie Mitchell. Fred X. Yeah, it was our fourth and twenty-two. But it was. But yeah, so um. You know, hopefully, you know, everybody's locked in because, like, let's be honest, the first quarter of that game and then the turnover, uh, you know, for the touchdown or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you have a quarter like that against the Bills, it becomes the quarter Kyler Murray had against the Rams. It doesn't become seven to nothing with, you know, 10 minutes going to second quarter. It becomes down 14, down, you know what I mean? Like that that type of game, you know? Um, so, so uh, I definitely got the Chiefs winning it. They're a one-and-a-half favorite, smallest uh, – um, Smallest spread for a Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs team at home ever. Um, 
So I, I definitely, I definitely think the Chiefs will win. I just definitely, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a war. I really do. Yeah. So um, I just went to your page and I put in my vote on who's going to win the game. I no, wish we you, were record. Don't, don't give it away yet. Don't give it away I, yet. I got so, one to do my disturb and I'm using my phone, so I can't even go look. All right. Bet it up. Bet it up. So um, I wish we were recording this on Friday because I'm still kind of wrestling with my decision. Um, I do think the Chiefs, obviously, they faced this adversity early on in the season. Um, they were able to bounce back in a big way. Like, they were looking like, are they even going to, like, they were going to be fighting for the wild card, right? When, when yeah. they were three and four, last in the division, they win seven in a row, should have beat Cincinnati, um, third and 27. Um, but they lose that game. They end up having to squeak out the game against Denver and, I'll relay this story. So we're watching the game, right? We're all watching the game at where is that at? The Broncos game. We watched that. Uh, Fox and Hound. Fox and, Fox and Hound. So we're watching yep. it at Fox and Hound. Denver's driving the ball down three. They're right around like the seven, eight yard line. I look at Los. I say, man, they could really use the Melvin Gordon who fumbles near the goal line right now. Like they, <laughs> they. This is about their only hope. Next play, fumble. Yeah, Cooper score Nick Bolton, and they end up winning that game. So they dominate Pittsburgh again, seven seed who shouldn't have been in the playoffs. And I am going with the Bills. I'm going with the Bills to win this game. I have not picked Kansas City to lose a playoff game since the Tennessee game uh, of years back when Mar Marcus Mariota has the pass that gets batted in the air, catches yeah. it, runs it in for a touchdown, right? But I think that the Bills have built a team specifically to combat on defense, to combat what the Chiefs do well on offense. Maybe the Chiefs have learned from that, that loss back in week three, and they're able to change some things around. But I just think that defensively, they built a defense that can handle them. And I think offensively, my concern with the Chiefs on the defensive side is that when they have faced a top QB that has all his weapons, right, uh, Dak didn't have Amari Cooper. He was out for COVID-19 when they faced him earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. uh, he was without, I think he might have been down Tyron Smith or one of his offensive linemen at the same time. When they face a team that is with a top QB that is relatively health, healthy, Justin Herbert ate uh, both times, right? He had really good games. Lamar Jackson had really good games. Uh, Josh Allen went off. Joe Burrow went off. When you put them against top competition this year, it has not gone well for their defense. And I just – that concerns me, the fact that they had lost to every team that won the division that hadn't beaten them. They lost, they played them all. They lost to them all. Um, and I just don't think that the Chiefs are going to be able to pull it off this time at home. Um, I think uh, Willie Gay, if he plays or not, is actually going to be a pretty big – uh, a big loss, you know, with what with what came out today with him uh, being arrested. So Devin Singletary has actually came down down the stretch over the last four games has actually turned into a very um, quality back with how they're using him. So I think tackling an open space on checkdowns and just him not being able to get past that second level was going to be key in tackling from Bolton, Gay, you know, and some of the other guys. So I think that's a, a very key to watch, you know, if, if Willie Gay plays or not. So. I know they said they expect that situation to be resolved. I think they said he did like two hundred and fifty dollars worth of damage. Yeah, just pay um, a fine, be done. Yeah. Pay your fine, be done with it. I doubt there'll be any discipline. I would presume if discipline does happen from the league, it'll happen after the season because normally the wheels move slow on this thing. They're going to want to talk to both of them, and the NFL is just—I mean, they—they can—they can be really slow. So yeah, I yeah. do think, obviously, now in the Chiefs' favor, 
They didn't have Willie Gay in that game. I think Ward was out. I don't think Chris Jones played in that game. Like yeah. they were missing, and there was no Melvin Ingram, right? So they have all of these guys yeah. who are not on defense. Totally defense. They'll be there for this game, and maybe that's the difference. Listen, Chiefs fans, when I clip this down and I play this, do not jump in my mentions. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I get I, I I that you guys win. I hope it's a comfortable win, but that's just how I see it. I call it as I see it. Um, and like I said, haven't picked the loss since that Tennessee game three, four years ago, and um, I would love to be wrong again on that one. So, All right. so let us you. know what y'all think. Let us know what y'all think about that, man. Let's mm-hmm. jump into this next matchup. Let's stay in the AFC. Let's get into Tennessee versus Cincinnati. Who you got? I got Tennessee. Um, I got this as a classic. We've been here before type game. Um, I, I think I think Joe Burrow and the, the Bengals. I mean. It could be the Patrick Mahomes that came in and, you know, was like, yeah, you might have been here, but guess what? I'm going to the Super Bowl this year. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, he obtains that, you know, especially with the, the players he has around him, too. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I think Tennessee is the perfect team to just with Derrick Henry back to grind it out, to limit the possessions on the other side of the ball to, you know, uh, Mike Vrabel, you know, coach defense to like, I don't know. I, I just feel like that in the playoffs, like. This is one of those games that I think comes down to, like, we've been here before. We know what to do. We're going to get the job done. So I'm taking the Titans. Yeah, I'm also rolling with the Titans, not because of the offense, but because of the defense. Um, I think that defensively, they are a team that has invested into their D-line, and I think they're able to get pressure without having to blitz. And if Joe Burrow's line, like the Chiefs, the thing that's so frustrating about the Chiefs and them losing that game and sending that blitz on that third and 27 is that they didn't need to. No, they were we just had consistent. A Literally, they were, they were in that position because we didn't blitz and then there was a sack, I'm pretty sure, just based off pressure. Yeah. They were getting consistent pressure with Chris Jones was was a monster in that game. Mm-hmm. They were getting consistent pressure without having to send extra bodies. There was no need to do it. But if you look at what uh, the Titans have, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, Harold Landry, uh, the third coming off the edge like they Bud Dupree. They have four guys who can win one on one matchups and make life miserable uh for Joe Burrow. And then in the secondary, Kevin Byard, I don't know if he ended up being an all pro. But he is an all-pro caliber free safety. So I got I got Tennessee winning that game, like I said, because of the defense, not necessarily because of the offense. However, if Joe Burrow is able to get off in that game and make plays, I I so the Tennessee Titans uh offense is basically, hey, we have a tank. Would you like to tackle it 25 times? Yeah. Right, like there's no finesse to it. It is just brute force and strength. We also have that, two, they're not a team that plays from behind either. They're not. So, and so and, if, if you and can, the Bengals are a team that can get up on you. They can get up on you. And they can they're similar to the Chiefs in that they can erase leads mm-hmm. fairly quickly, right? The second half against Kansas City, Kansas City was up double digits. Mm-hmm. And they were able to get they were able to get stops and they were able to, to score, whether it be touchdown or field goals. And I just eesh, I don't know, man. Like, I just I just think that that D line is going to make life tough for Burrow. But if Burrow can get hot, if he can hit Jamar Chase, who is a beast, man, it, it, it could be a good game. Though. That's the that's the closest game for me out of all four. This is the, mm-hmm. the if I had to say which one to me was the closest. It's going to be this one. OK, OK, that's what's up. So let's jump into the NFC. We'll start with my my guys. We'll jump into. Uh... <laughs> Hold on. Let me. Hi, hello, Ethan. Let me just get this out the way. 
What's up, Ethan? What's up? What's up, Ethan? So let's jump into this next game. Let's get into um, we'll go to the NFC and we'll get into my guys, my squad, the Niners versus the uh the Packers going on to Green Bay on Saturday night. Speaking of not being able to watch Cody, like I'm going to be at Wicked, so I would not be watching this game, or at least I won't be able to see it in its entirety. You know, scheduling, right? Yeah. Like I didn't know this was gonna happen. So oh, I didn't is. expect them to win. I didn't expect them to make the playoffs, to be honest, just because of the quarterback play. But um I'll let you start because I got a few things to say. Hopefully, I won't turn it won't turn into a rant. But uh, I'll let you start. Who you got in this game? Yeah, I got the Packers. I got the Packers by ten. I got the Packers by double digits. I do. I just, I mean, I just don't see. Like you said, it comes down to quarterback play, and I think if we're looking at quarterback play in the playoffs. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is just not a guy to me that's going to get it done. Man, they have such good weapons. I really like Elijah Mitchell. I like. Um, Debo Samuel is a dog. If they can find creative ways to get these guys the ball without Garoppolo having to like Garoppolo having to like hit them downfield, which they do, they do a good job of finding ways to get on the ball with quick screens and reverses, wide receivers running the ball out of the backfield. Um, man, uh, there's a chance, but I just I just don't see it. I just don't see it happening. I think Aaron Rodgers, um, Devontae Adams, the Packers. Uh, he's on his way home, Ethan. He's coming. Uh, I'll stop talking soon. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast that keeps dads at work. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I, I definitely, I definitely got the Packers. I got the Packers by ten. I, hey, if 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 Garoppolo's hurt, that's come out of the game, and Lance can give him a spark or something, or there's something there that maybe the Packers haven't. Uh, scouted for or something, maybe something like that happens, man. But I just, I just don't see it. So, so I, I have the Packers, but I think it'll be a close game. Um, mm. I went back and watched like the highlights of the the meeting they met in Week Three, and I just for some reason in my memory I had the Packers blowing them out. But mm, that was no, they kicked the game winning field goal. Like the the uh, Niners took the lead with thirty seven seconds left. Rogers took them down, kicked the field goal to win the game. Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I think it'll be close. Um, I think looking at uh, some kind of advanced uh, metrics, the Packers run defense has been really poor the latter half of the season. The Niners, I talked about how the Tennessee Titans are like, hey, I have a tank. Would you like to tackle it 25 times? The Niners are super creative. They're going to send people in motion. They're going to use probably the most dangerous offensive weapon in the league. I think I don't think that's unfair to say in Debo Samuel in the ways that they they use yeah. him out of the backfield and as a receiver. Elijah Mitchell the rookie is has been really good. And with all things 49ers the last 3 years is all going to come down to Jimmy Garoppolo. And let me say this Jimmy, Jimmy, if you are if you were too hurt because the excuse was in the second half well he had the shoulder sprain and that's why he was so bad in the second half. If you're going to stink it up that bad, then you need to have a seat. Yeah. Like don't you don't jeopardize the season trying to grit it out and be a hero. I respect it. I respect it. But you, when you're healthy, are a liability. So when you're hurt, you are a super liability. So like, don't try to be a hero in this game. Have a seat. It'll be okay. Either we we lose on on whether or not Trey Lance can make plays or not. That's fine. But I just think that. At home, Packers, they might get uh, Zadarius Smith back. Jair Alexander might be back. Two of their better defenders. I just think it's going to be enough. I am hoping against hope to be home, be wrong. I hope when I step out of wicket for intermission or at the end of the at the end of it, that I'll see that my team has emerged victorious. But yeah, I think that the uh I think the Packers are going to win it. They're the number one seed for a reason. 
Um, yep. But I am hoping against hope that here's my fear as a Niners fan with Kyle Shanahan, and we can move on to the next game. My fear with Kyle Shanahan is that no matter what he – that he is so conservative that it will, it will keep him from winning when it matters, right? So there were opportunities for him to go for it on fourth down against Dallas to put the game away, to put it out of reach, to, to sustain drives, and he chose not to go for it. But on fourth down, fourth and a literal inch, you have – you're sending your left tackle in motion like he's a tight end. Just line up. Let your six foot three, six foot four quarterback fall forward an inch and end the game. Because if the Dallas Cowboys somehow make an incredible play that stops you on fourth and an inch, then you just got to shake their hand and say, "Hey, y'all are the better man on that particular play." That's my issue with Kyle is that that he will sometimes be too smart for his own good, and when he needs to just simply go for it, he'll take he'll chicken out. Or when it's time to go for it, like listen, the play worked, but third and eleven running a reverse with Debo, like, like it worked, but it's just like, bro, that's a risky play when you're trying yeah. to run out the clock and keep possession of the ball. Um, so again, it's just like you know, I feel like he takes risks when he shouldn't, and when he should be risky, he's just like, nah, I'm good, I'm good. So I mean, that's how I feel about that game. Uh, one thing, one name we haven't mentioned that I think is probably the X factor of this game. George Kittle, like, get the man the ball. Like, he's the top three tight end in the NFL. You know what I mean? And we talk about everybody but him, you know. And guys like Mark Andrews and guys like Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, and George Kittle can win you playoff games. They can get you 10 catches for 117 yards. They can create space to where people – I mean, you know, if you're having to worry about Debo here or uh, Ayuk here or Jawan here and you have the middle seams wide open and different things in the middle of the the field open, like George Kittle can be that guy. So I think he's probably a big X factor. So the problem with that is, is that, (coughs) excuse me, is that Jimmy Garoppolo only throws the ball in the middle of the field. So like when he tries to throw outside the numbers, he misses Brandon Ayuk when he's wide open and there's nobody around him. Right. He overthrows on the run. He overthrows Trent Sherfield that ends up with the easy intercept. Like if you look at his passing chart, it is all that's all he does is middle of the field. Um, He doesn't go outside the numbers. And so obviously defenses know that, but they run the ball so effectively that they're able to mitigate that inability to throw deep and outside the numbers. So, yeah. All right. Rams, Bucks. Rams, Bucks. I'm going to lead off on this one, man. Like I got the Rams with winning this game. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's Tom Brady. It's a home game for Tampa. But I think that – I think the Rams already beat the Bucks once this year, right? I believe that was the case, and that was without OBJ, no Von Miller. Now, you've added those pieces to the mix. Um, they're as healthy as they're going to be. I know Andrew Whitworth is maybe questionable. He might not play. Um, I know Taylor Rapp, their rookie safety, is not playing as well. I think he's already been ruled out. But they're relatively healthy, and I just think that trusting Matt Stafford for me has not been <laughs> – has been an up-and-down experience for me this year. Um, I'll put it like that. But uh, I think that I think that Matt Stafford is going to get his second playoff win ever, and I think they're going to go into Tampa and get the W. How you feel about it? Um, <clears throat> I think earlier on this week I had the Rams. I think I put a tweet out where I had the Rams. Uh, I hope I didn't because if I did, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, it wasn't until yesterday when I was looking at everything and I was just like, no, no. <laughs> There's one thing you don't do in life is don't bet against Brady in the playoffs. 
And then I'm looking at who who is playing against Brady, Matt Stafford, who, you know, on those 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 plays that you're like, oh, Brady just became Brady. You know, you know, those play, plays you're watching during the playoffs and you're like, that's Brady. Well, yep. those plays for Stafford are, are turnovers when you're like, yeah, Stafford just became Stafford. You know what I mean? And it's like in the playoffs and in times like this is when those things happen. And so I'm like, I don't bet against Brady in the playoffs. And <laughs> I just feel like Stafford with the last couple games he had in the regular season and just what I'm like, yo, you haven't been doing this. I mean, he was an MVP type caliber quarterback, I think, for the first maybe half of the season. People were like looking at him as like numbers wise. And then it's just like, Max. oh, no, we fail to remember that. Yo, so I can just see I can just see the memes now, you know, like where it's just kind of like, you know, Stafford taking off his Rams uniform and then they're just being a Lions uniform on it, <laughs> underneath it or whatever. Like as they lose and he throws like two two interceptions there. So I, I'm going Bucks. Okay. Okay. I think to me, like the X factor in this game is going to be, can the Rams run the ball against the Bucks defense? The Bucks are one of the stingiest defenses around when it comes to not allowing teams to be effective running the football. I mean, the uh, Eagles were, I believe, a top five, if not the top rushing uh, offense in the league, and they shut it down. Um, Jalen Hurts' inefficiency and his wide receivers' inconsistency kind of doomed them in that game. Um, plays where they were open, Jalen missed them. When he did hit them, they weren't expecting the ball or they dropped passes. And so that, honestly, that game probably is a little closer if those two things could have been squared up. So, yep. yeah, I, I got the I got the Rams. I think this is their time. I think they, they're, they, they're all in, right? I think that's been kind of their motto once they started making trades for OBJ and for uh, – and for uh, Von Miller. So I think they're all in, and I think they make it to the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Now, I would love nothing Bucks more. Banged than, up. The Bucks are banged up, too. So I, I think they get David back. If, I didn't, if I'm didn't, if i not mistaken, I think they get David back this weekend. I thought he uh, played. He didn't play last weekend? Oh, did he? I, if he did, I, I was in New York. So I don't, I, I don't know if it's he, if, he, if he played last weekend or not, but maybe he's getting healthier or whatever. But there's – yeah, there's a few things. So – but, yeah, uh, I just can't – I can't bet against Brady. I hear you. I hear you. I get tired of people saying that, so I really want him to go home. So I'm just tired of I, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I respect him. I respect him, but that that's about it. If I ever met him in person, I would be cordial, have a great it'd be great to meet him, talk to him, have a conversation, all that. I love I, I'll say this. I do love his little petty videos after he beats a team where he's playing the music from that city where it's just like he's playing Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares intro after he beats Philly. He's playing Chief Keith's. I think it was Love Sosa. After yeah. they beat Chicago, so I do respect I do respect the pettiness of Brady. I can rock with that, but I'm ready for you to go home, my boy. Like it's enough's enough. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of you it. saw the stat that he's older than all three of the coaches that he's playing against, or the NFC, the NFC. Yeah, respect, we're respected. Like that's amazing to me. Um, especially I'm gonna say so. I'm gonna uh, let let me just jump to this real quick, and we can talk about the transfer portal. We can get out of here. It's amazing to me when you look at what Brady is doing in a physical sport like football. Granted, he's not a running back, a receiver, or a lineman that's getting hit on every play, right? But the fact that he's like – I think George Blanda might have played till he was 50. Um, but George Blanda was not putting up Brady-like numbers, even for yeah. the era that he was in. Um, Russell Westbrook. I'm the Russell Westbrook apologist. I've been a Russell Westbrook stand and fan. How did he for a make his way time. into this? How did he make his way into this episode? Because I ha I have to <laughs> I have to have this little monologue about Russ because you know the homie Marcus hit me up. He goes, "What's wrong with him?" And I'm like, "Look, man, LeBron James is a is a physical specimen and a physical freak, and he is the only guy I've seen who's been able to play basketball this long at this high level. And even with him, 
there's some signs of slippage, right? You're starting to see some effect of, hey, he is human. He does age. He is getting older. Russell Westbrook has been a high caliber athlete, a high top 10 to 25 basketball player for probably about 10 years now. And that 2016 or 2017 MVP season was likely his peak because it has only gone downhill from there. The shooting has gotten just a little bit worse. Um, the turnovers have become a little bit higher. Um, the lapses on defense have become a little bit like it's just all progressively gotten a little bit worse. And it is reaching a crescendo because he's on a glamorous team on a on a a top five or no, actually probably the most watched team in the league because of LeBron James. And it's all falling apart in front of the world to see. I'm sick of seeing the memes of him, you know, hitting the side of the backboard on uh, bank shot attempts, not finishing at the rim. You're seeing a guy who was a supreme athlete and the athleticism is leaving him and he's not able to do what he once was. I hope against hope that somehow I hope every night when I check the box score, when I tune in, that something has changed. And sometimes some nights are better than others, but mostly it has been a depressing depressing season as the Lakers are right at 500 below 500 Frank Frank Vogel's probably getting fired within the next week Russ may or may not be traded by the deadline I don't know um, but again I, I will ride with my guy to the end of the line it's always okay. Brody so everybody listen he said all that to say this Tom Brady <laughs> I said not- all that <laughs> Tom Brady, I said all that to say, right, Tom Brady <laughs> is a marvel. It, it is, what he is doing is to be respected. It is to be acknowledged, admired, celebrated, but I'm sick of it. So and I'm, I'm going him- to hold off on the transfer portal talk until the next show, and I'm going to end with this because we're, we're talking about LeBron and how for some way he's in his, all of his years still playing his best. Brady is 44 and playing his best. Um, and I'll go a different route that we don't normally go on the show. But Alex Ovechkin is in his 17th year mm. in the hockey and leads the NHL in goals. And just I think just passed is on his way to passing up Yamir Yager for fifth all time. And like when you want to talk about like a quarterback might not got hit all the time or, you know, a basketball player like 17 <laughs> years <laughs> playing hockey, getting slammed up, you know, all, constantly like when I when I watched the stat earlier, it's like. Wow, he leads the, he leads them in goals played. He's playing some of his best hockey of all time right now, 17 years in. You know, shout out to Alex Ovechkin. I know they're playing the Bruins tonight, who are like the worst in the league. So <coughs> I think he needs like to say, uh, maybe like eight or nine goals or something until he passes up Yamir Yager. And he needs about 100 to pass up Wayne Gretzky. So I don't know. I, 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 wow. I never really pay too much attention to NHL hockey, but uh, I think maybe you average like maybe 40 goals a year or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, some, maybe something around that. It's like a, it's like a great, it's a great number. So I wonder he'd probably have to play in the like year twenty to to meet Gretzky to, to to get to Gretzky's numbers. But yeah, yo, like first of all, I just looked up Alex Ovechkin his bio and like Tom Brady is cheating. Like Alex Ovechkin has gray hairs everywhere. He's only thirty six. <laughs> Brady's forty four and like not a gray in sight. Tom, let me, I know you're using the jest for men. You and Coach K. You're using the Jets nah, for men. Brady don't even have – he don't have no facial hair neither, though, right? So he just – You can't trust men without facial hair. I'm just putting that out there now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I yo, man. It, man. 
Yes, sir. Y'all let us know what y'all think about that, man. Hit us up uh, at Brains and Bars on Facebook, IG, Twitter, and maybe TikTok if I decide to create one one day. Um, Go home, let's see Ethan. Create a TikTok with Ethan. You'll be good. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I'm a, I don't think Ethan wants me on TikTok. All his TikToks, he is on TikTok. And so, like, I follow him just to make sure ain't nothing crazy going on and check out his channel from time to time. Uh, and so, like, all his videos do not involve me. So I'm going to ask okay. him, like, can can he, can I be in his TikTok videos and see if he'll make one with me? There you go. There you go. <laughs> You're going to go viral. Yo, yo, so we thank y'all for tuning in. Um, we'll get this episode loaded on YouTube and on all, all podcast platforms. Um, please, once again, follow us on all social media at Brains and Bars. I am A-Ward for everything A-Ward related. Uh, yep. February 25th, Wartown. 26th? Yep. 26 Wartown, you versus Don Marino. Shout out to Clone and his league. Um, yeah, it's going down in a couple of, in about a month or so. So until next time, man, it's been a black and white thing, man. We'll holler at y'all. We'll see. You know, I'll try to get my setup going and we can see if we can jump back in and talk about this divisional matchups and preview the NFC, AFC title games. Definitely. Talk about the transport portal and get into some other stuff. So until next time, man, y'all be easy. Peace.